0: Good evening, America. Thank you for joining us tonight, and we're going to do a little something different. We're going to bring current events to the table, but in a different way. We're going to uh, actually perform a similar type of procedure like a grand jury would, and you'll be able to listen to the proceedings, and then we'll ask for you to cast your vote, as a what your moral compass is telling you is right and wrong or whether the uh, way things were handled was right and wrong. But let us bring the first subject to the table and that tonight will be led by chief justice, Roger Waters. Roger, we'll turn it over to you, sir. Thank you, governor. Hello, America. Tonight, as you were just told, we're going to kind of change the format to a, Grand Jury type hearing Where you get to hear evidence Tonight you're going to hear evidence From the person herself That wrong was done to. Tonight you're going to hear Right from her own mouth You will get to Tell the world What you heard tonight Because this is going around the world Via the internet. Tonight we're going to be talking about a, a retired lieutenant colonel. I'm going to call her Sandy. She was a pilot in the United States Air Force. She served 20 years. Her career ended in 2007. She completed a PhD in physics at the University of California, Berkeley. She began teaching at the United States Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs in 2016. To be a pilot in any form, you need physics to help understand engines, rotors, props, forward motion, launching and landing, winds and wind speeds. Tonight she is here And currently a federal civilian employee, she was told she was able to give her testimony as to what happened under the mandates of the COVID-19 shots and tests. Their definition of a mandate, now this is not a lawful or a legal definition. This is what they say. A mandate means to Joe Biden that they have the authority to carry it out as a result of winning an election or vote. Sandy, can you uh, say hello to the people and explain a little bit about yourself, please? Sure. Thank you, Justice Waters.
1: I'm Sandy Marecki. I'm a retired lieutenant colonel, as was mentioned earlier, and I'm currently teaching at the Air Force Academy. Because of my oath to the Constitution, I am completely unable to follow illegal orders. And in fact, am required to report them to the proper authorities when I encounter them. So when all the mandate stuff was happening back in August of last year, the beginning of August, I actually sent a notice to my supervisor to forward up the chain of command, that essentially said that any mandate of the shots, I am not gonna call them a vaccine because they are absolutely not vaccines by the letter of the law in any way, shape or form. So anytime I say the word shots, I'm talking about what would normally be referred to as a COVID vaccine, which it's not. And he thanked me and so did the chain of command. Thank you so much for giving me this information about the federal laws regarding mandates and how you can't require someone to take an experimental anything. Then of course, on the 23rd of August, the FDA, and we all think that they approved the shots, but in fact, they approved the license application, which is a different thing. Then they lied and said that it was the actual approval of the shots. And this was for the shots called Pfizer BioNTech community. So community is the only thing that's been quote approved unquote, if you even use the loose definition. The next day, the secretary of defense, Lloyd Austin signed a written order that would mandate that vaccine, that shot, those shots on all military personnel. However, because the approval was not in actuality valid, he broke the law because only the president can mandate an experimental anything on the troops. Then a day later, the Commandant of Cadets, General Moga, signed a written order that mandated these experimental vaccines, these experimental shots on all the military cadets at the Air Force Academy. And in fact, it did not say approved shots on his order. It said shots. So in other words, you take what's available or you're kicked out. So then down the chain of command came the order, the 31st of August, um, where I work at the preparatory school at the Air Force Academy currently. The uh, commander signed a written order. So now they're passing down illegal orders. So every time somebody does this, they have violated their oath to the Constitution and have broken federal law. So that order was then passed on to preparatory school military personnel. And then President Biden wrote an order that was backdated to make it look like he had given it earlier than the 9th of September. So then the military were all scrambling to try to comply with this and were all tricked into thinking that that were available were the approved ones when in fact they were not and all of these people were volunteering to be guinea pigs in this massive experiment against humanity. On the 8th of October, Secretary of Defense, Austin, then signed a written order for the mandates on civilian federal employees like myself. The 29th of October was when the base commander, Colonel Leonard, signed the written order that then sent it down towards our direction. And then Mr. Degg, who was the uh, vice commander, essentially the deputy commander of the prep school, on the 4th of November, signed it down for all federal employees. So all of these people violated their oaths and federal law in doing this. On the 5th of November, my boss then also broke the law when he pushed the mandate down on me. When I told him that I am obligated to follow that illegal order and I would not follow that order, nor would I do any paperwork that they were requiring me to do, I received a letter of reprimand on the 8th of November in retaliation for what I was doing. On the 12th of November, my attorney sent a letter against this reprimand, but there was no reply. On the 30th of November, I filed my first formal inspector general complaint at the academy level, but their feedback indicated that the one letter that I had put together was just too much. So I ended up redoing these complaints later on. Then came down the testing mandate again, coming down from the chain somewhere, probably at the uh, DOD level. And that was on the 16th of December, right before we broke for Christmas. So then the 17th of December, my boss comes to my office, Mr. McGregor, and says, what will I do about COVID testing? And I said, it's all EUA, emergency use authorization, which means all experimental, which means no mandate can be done, and I will not comply with an illegal order. And then we all went on Christmas break. Then when I came back to work on the 10th of January, I was threatened with disciplinary action if I did not do the COVID testing because I was unjabbed, as we say. And I was relieved of duties at that point for refusing to follow the illegal order and several other things that were going on at the time. So that's the basics behind uh, what happened in the past. Later, I was given a seven-day suspension without pay for these same issues. And then um, just recently, I was given paperwork. In fact, last Thursday, the 14th of July, I was given paperwork for um, being getting fired, essentially. They call it a proposal for removal where I'm allowed to now comment before they actually make it final. However, I've seen plenty of signs that they've already made their final decision and they're just going through the motions at this point point. and so that's basically where i am right now um, i've also been helping the students and the cadets active duty retirees civilians guard reserve rotc you name it whoever comes to me for help because the word has gotten around that i know what i'm talking about because i'm working with my legal teams anyone who wanted to do a religious exemption and they needed to know how to start the letter. I would give them a draft and say, here's how you can get started and you need to tailor it for your own situation. And I was warned back in the November timeframe when I got that letter of reprimand that I was not allowed to talk to the students about this, even though what I was telling them was straight out of the DOD and Air Force regulations about how to write a religious exemption. And so I have no idea what they're considering to be illegal at that point, but that's been part of their charges, unquote, against me. And so I think that pretty much summarizes the situation.
0: Okay, thank you. I want everybody to know, and most people don't know this, even at this time, but when Pfizer and Moderna came out with their so-called vaccine, what it had was nanoparticles that carried other cellular components, such as graphene oxide and a synthetic DNA that was formed and made in a lab. Now, on June 13, 2015, the United States Supreme Court ruled on a case that dealt with nanotechnology, they said that they held the naturally occurring DNA segments that they are non-patentable, but synthetic DNA segments are patent eligible based on the patent eligibility requirement of 35 U.S. Code 101 which prevents patents on products of nature it is important to further recognize that methods of using naturally occurring dna or non-natural methods of producing natural dna are still patent eligible because of this particular case the united states supreme court also ruled that anyone who takes this type of shot with the nanotechnology will be considered a transhuman. Let me say that again. If you take this shot, you will be considered by law under the Supreme Court definition a transhuman, part human. Part synthetic, important for people to know that. Now, in, in your writing, Sandy, you have said many times, experimental vaccine. Can you explain that, please?
1: Certainly. As I mentioned before, we should not use the term vaccine because that totally misleads everyone about what these things are. Um, the CDC fraudulently changed their definition of what a vaccine is, the COVID shots do not qualify as vaccines at all. And we knew from the very beginning that these shots don't stop transmission and they don't stop infection because, well, first of all, that was the old definition, that it stops transmission and infection. I mean, you remember getting a chickenpox vaccine or a measles vaccine or whatever like that, and that was going to keep you from getting those diseases. While the shots were only tested for symptom reduction. And the companies making the shots even said this in their own paperwork. Companies would normally have been required to do clinical trials with animals first and then people and very structured progression with review board oversight and the process would take like five to 10 years. And none of this was actually done, of course. We all know this from the quote, work speed that they did this with process had been followed then this experimental quote vaccine would have taken it five to ten years and so all that we can say about this is actually it's an experimental genetic therapy and that's by the actual definitions from the patents and the paperwork so kind of a long answer to your question but that's generally what is agreed upon now in the honest legal world
0: okay thank you now you've mentioned a number of times that you were ordered to do something you considered unlawful or illegal having a military background myself I know that when orders are given we are to follow those orders we take an oath on the enlisted side That tells us we must follow all orders Given by the president and our commanding officers It does not, however, say We have to follow unlawful orders There is a difference there That's why we have a UCMJ Our own type of of constitutional law Inside the military Now because you were threatened with maybe getting laid off or fired from your job, kicked out of the, of the service that you were doing for your country, for refusing to do these things, is that called a certain type of crime, Sandy? Absolutely. It's, uh, it's coercion, plain and simple. What is the definition of that, please?
1: Well, I basically think about it as an act of using threats or force to make someone do something against their will. And so this is exactly what was happening, especially to the students who, you know, they're young, 18 to 22-year-olds generally, almost all 18. And they don't know any better. They don't have any experience with the rules and regulations. And the oath that they took was just something they were told to say when they got sworn in. And I saw some pretty heinous stuff going on with the students. and. Even one of them contacted me and said, ma'am, I'm so afraid to go outside of the quarantine facility because they had tested positive with no symptoms, the usual. And he said, are they going to be waiting for me outside and they're going to hold me down and inject me by force when I leave? And I couldn't believe that I was hearing this. That's how strong. They were being coerced. And I knew that I had to do something about it. I reported it up the chain of command but I don't think anything was actually done. The students were threatened, and most of them caved in and were coerced into taking the shots, even though they didn't want them.
0: Okay. Well, you know, so everybody understands U.S. Code, Title 18, Number 610, is called coercion or political activity. And here's what it says. It shall be unlawful for any person to intimidate, threaten, command, or coerce, or attempt to intimidate, threaten, or command, or coerce any employee of the federal government as defined in Section seven three two two one of Title V. So, Sandy, I have to ask, were you considered... At this point in time, when you were given these unlawful orders, were you considered a federal employee? Absolutely. Then that means what they were doing from the top all the way down to the orders given to you personally, they were breaking U.S. Code, Title 18610. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, and that's not the only one that they were breaking. Dr. David Martin has some brilliant testimony and an extremely good argument that says that they were breaking also 18 U.S.C. 2331, subsection 802, that talks about how coercion is a form of domestic terrorism. So everyone in the chain of command is a domestic terrorist.
0: Hmm. Okay. You know, let's let's kind of shift gears here and let's talk about mandates. What is a mandate? Do you know? Well,
1: that a mandate was an order or a law. I don't think it is. I'm pretty sure it's not. As a matter of fact, that's what my legal team and I all agree on. It has to be something like a policy and everyone should do it. But if you've got a valid reason not to, then you don't have to because we're still a constitutional republic and Free will and free choice is still should be ruling the country. So in this case, well, I also know that um, the so-called presidential mandate, there's only one place in the entire federal law, USC, all the U.S. codes, where the president can mandate an experimental anything, and that is 10 USC 1107. Interestingly, it doesn't cover civilians. It's only for military members, and there's a lot of caveats that have to be fulfilled, every single one of them. And, in fact, none of them were fulfilled to make anyone take these shots. That's, that's just the crime, I believe, and
0: that's what I've been fighting the whole time. You know, in preparation of this and over the last 16 months, ever since I started hearing The word mandate coming out of the White House It'll be a presidential mandate To do this and to do that I found it very interesting That The president decided to go through OSHA Instead of actually doing it himself From the White House And I was curious as to why And that got me wondering I wonder what U.S. Code says Do you know that under all circumstances for civilian people, there is no such thing as a mandate as a law. There is no crime that you can commit for not following a mandate because mandate under these circumstances is not law from the government standpoint. Title 18 is crimes Committed against the United States government Now I'm going to kind of go out on a limb here And I'm, I'm going to ask you, Sandy We all know that we were a constitutional republic We knew that our founding fathers wrote documents up Like the Declaration of Independence We have the Constitution, which is based on a belief in Christianity We also have the Bill of Rights, which are given by the creator himself, so no man can take those rights away from us. This is what the republic form of government is. Have you ever seen or heard anything or anywhere where it says that the United States government is a corporation?
1: Well, I first heard about stuff like this um, on this subject about maybe a year ago and started doing research into it. And if you actually go to Dun and Bradstreet's uh, website where you can look up the names of corporations and see who's the CEO, what's the official address, and etc. cetera. At the time that I had checked, there was something called USA Incorporated, and then that was apparently changed to White House Incorporated. And, um, So, yes, I I truly believe that our government was changed to a corporation sometime in its history. And the best that I can determine from what I've been reading is that it happened in stages starting around the 1871 time frame and then again around the 1913 time frame and then again around the 1933 time frame where the people of this country were in various stages enslaved the government or that's what they think that's what they were trying to do
0: well in 28 US code title 28 number 3002 dash 15 I repeat that for everybody US code title 18 number 3002 that's 3002 15 says simply The United States is a federal corporation. Well, if we're a federal corporation now, that means they get away with the republic form of government. So when you listen to your news or whatever it is that you listen to on TV or radio, and they say, oh, our republic this and our republic that, they are lying to you. They know very well. They are operating and working and living in a corporate government, not a republic. As a corporate government, the president thinks he owns everything and everybody. During the Clinton administration, President Clinton wrote an executive order that said that all American citizens, U.S. citizens, are like cattle they belong to the government and then government can do what they want everything as you said sandy happened in steps it didn't just happen overnight there were certain steps over the ages that took place and in 1933 the gold standard was done away with completely when we were told as people we couldn't own gold anymore Now, most of us listening to this went around then, unless you're like 90-some years old. But that happened because the government confiscated all the gold from the banks and everybody in, in America so they could have it. They didn't want you to have wealth. And that was the final jab for the Federal Reserve to go on the fiat currency. That we're using today, where if you have the game Monopoly, the money printed up for the Monopoly game is worth more than the money you're actually using to buy and sell things. It costs more to print that money up for the Monopoly game than it does for the Federal Reserve to print theirs up. Just an interesting point of view here. Now, I will say this, Sandy, it's amazing to me the knowledge that you have of this, and I'm sure this all came from research and practical and personal experiences, a lot of that which is not pleasant to go through. But whether you are teaching at the U.S. Air Force Academy, right now you are teaching America the truth, and in my opinion, that is worth more than what you could ever teach at the US Air Force Academy. Because you're reaching people from all sects of life, not just in this country, but around the world. Letting them know what happened to you. Because what happened to you, more than likely also happened to them if they worked in a hospital or a, a clinic somewhere, or Ford Motor Company. They were all given mandates too. And then an interesting thing happened. I don't have the details in front of me, but, you know, the U.S. Supreme Court said, no, 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 mandates are illegal for the civilian population. And they put a stop to it. And what did the president do? He just kept right on doing what he was doing because to him, see, he's God and he can do what he wants. He broke the law. The president broke the law. He broke U.S. Code 610. Congress broke U.S. Code 610. And we are telling you, the American people, that every day you wake up and you go about your business, whether it's to work or whatever it is you do, you are working and operating in a corporate system that is not just breaking one law, but they're breaking hundreds Every single day And that's the purpose of this Is to bring to you the truth Of what your government is doing Because very very soon We may not ever have a chance to do this again If we don't stop the government from what they're doing You won't have the opportunity to And if you don't believe me go down to Venezuela and ask them talk to the grandchildren in Cuba they remember 1960 1959 with Castro go talk to the, the the graveyards of the people in Russia and China they'll tell you everything that's happening in our country right now happened in theirs maybe not exactly but pretty much the same starting with the bush The second Bush administration with the Patriot Act, Homeland Security, it began to follow the steps of Nazi Germany in the early 1930s. Everything that Hitler had passed in their parliament, our Congress passed here. It wasn't called the same thing, but it was doing the same type of job. What do you... I mean, what do you think Homeland Security really is? It's the SS of America. They tell you what to do, how to do it, when to do it, and where to do it. And they let you know when you do something illegal. And like the intro said, pay your taxes on time or else, because if you decide not to, they will come get you anywhere, anyplace. This is the government government. You live under, and you have to ask yourself a question: People, are you free? They tell you you are, but are you? Ask Sandy. She was doing her job, minding her own business, doing a great thing, teaching cadets about the United States Air Force and certain events and things they were going to look forward to in their career to serve you, the people. And that same government that was paying them to be there turned their backs on them and told them, you take this or else. Sandy, one last question. Do you know of anybody or have heard of anybody that has taken these shots and are no longer with us?
1: Yes, unfortunately, Um, although their family won't admit it because that would be admitting that they made a mistake, and that's something that uh, the mass formation or the formation psychosis, which you guys have probably heard about, where it's the brainwashing of everyone by our corrupt media. In the case of, I know one person directly, and that was my, one of my neighbors, a 70-year-old Army veteran who was just so excited about taking the shots, and I think he finished his series Sometime around middle to late February, and by the beginning of May, he had raging stage four cancer all over his body and was deceased two weeks later. He barely even got in to get the uh, biopsies and, and whatever before it had taken him. And he had opted for the chemo, which, as you already explained, these shots are poisoned They are bioweapons. You cannot cure a poison with another poison, which is what chemotherapy is. That's one I know of for sure. Then I have friends whose loved ones are either incapacitated now, even though they were doing marathons and whatever before they took the shots, and now they can barely walk. I also know about the damage that's occurring to the students on base. I am fully aware of A minimum of five preparatory school students and a minimum of two cadets at the main part of the academy with heart conditions that used to be state champion sports people. So there's no way that these conditions are totally random. You can look at the VAERS system, V A E R S, first events recording system, or something like that. I I might have gotten one of the letters wrong, but that's where you're supposed to. Um, report any of the damage from the shots. And it's a passive system, which means that you have to get through all of the hoops and wickets that they put in front of you to try to block you from actually putting the report in. So people give up. And so the 30,000 people that have been, that died within a small time frame of getting their shots is a small amount compared to what the actual number probably is. It's probably 10 to a hundred times that number in other words, way more than anyone who actually died just from COVID. Because even the CDC has acknowledged that only about 6% of all of the deaths that they have used fear porn on us through the corrupt media as being COVID deaths were actually COVID deaths. Just like in previous years, if you have someone who's elderly that has three or four other conditions, comorbidities, when they've Catch the influenza or something, their primary cause of death is diabetes or heart disease or whatever that was bothering them for the last 10 or 20 years. And then the final straw is influenza. But that's not the way that they recorded the deaths since COVID started. And that's another part of the corruption and breaking of all kinds of laws and regulations. So that was a long answer, but yes, unfortunately, I know of many people that have been damaged as a minimum. And it's probably, unfortunately, a matter of time before we see the massive deaths occurring within the next few years.
0: Thank you, Sandy. Well, people of America, we are going to ask you to consider what you've just heard. And if they break their own law and don't give a second wink about it, what do you think they're doing in other things? We thank you for your time. Thank you, Sandy, for being here.